Good to be in church this morning and great to have some of the kids here with us and uh, we've got some sheets down the front here. Maybe if I get uh, Nathaniel and maybe uh, a couple of the kids here, if they want to help out, pass around these sheets and uh, you guys can join in with what we're doing this morning and see if you can fill in the blanks and the boxes and I'm going to admit something right now because otherwise at the end of the service they're going to run up to me and ask for their chocolate. I didn't bring any chocolates today but Sam has chocolates. Oh, so see Sam afterwards. If you filled it out, come and see Sam and you might get a chocolate. Oh, thanks, Sam. That's fantastic. Wow. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thrown now. I'm like, oh, wow, she brought chocolates. <laughs> Is that for adults too? Or oh, we keep into kids, sorry. <laughs> fantastic. Well, this morning we're going to be uh, talking a bit about who we are as a church. And if you've been in big church the last four weeks or so, We've been talking about our core values as a church. Basically, the things that we believe in and the things that have been since the church was built about 36 years ago. Um, and the things that have been core values for us as a church all that time and will be for as long as this church is here on this earth. That these are the things that we value and we want to uh, never forget these values as a church. So kids... We want to encourage you guys to be, to be thinking about these things too and really knowing and understanding them. Yes, I, we forgot to announce, sorry, Bub's Church is on this morning. Uh, kids' Church kids are staying in, but if there's any Bub's Church kids that would like to head on out to Bub's Church, feel free to do that this morning. Um, thank you, our Bub's Church leaders. Aren't they awesome? Woo. So the first three weeks of our, our series on our core values, we've been talking about core value number one that we want to uphold and proclaim, kids, <coughs> just a hint, <coughs> uphold and proclaim biblical truth always. You get that little blank? Biblical truth always. What does that mean? We believe the Bible is true, the Bible is God's word to us, and it teaches us what God is like, it shows us what we're like, and it is the best book in the world without any question. It is the, the, the God's Word to us that teaches us how to live and how to have relationship with Him, how to relate to each other. The Bible is God's authority for us and we want to read it, we want to know it, we want to encourage each other in God's Word and really if we didn't come back to biblical authority for us, we'd just be like any other organisation on the earth, we'd just become like any other group. But the Bible is the authority that draws us together, that teaches us what God is like, what Jesus has done for us. And we want you guys to know that too. That's why we run Kids Church, we run Kids Hope and, and Kids Inc. and all these things so that you might understand those things too. The second core value that we've been talking about a couple of weeks ago was that we want to value and protect the sanctity of the whole body of Christ. And that's a weird word, sanctity. You probably haven't read that in your home reader, this term. Um, sanctity is the holiness, the sacred nature of God's church, which is the body of Christ. We want to value each and every member of God's body, and we, we value you guys as kids. And that's why we love having family services where you guys can be in big church with us. And we want to value our oldest members, and we want to value our youngest members uh, as the body of Christ. And uh, we want to protect the whole body of Christ. So last week, uh, two weeks ago, we looked a little bit at Romans, uh, sorry, and we talked about how we've been joined into the body of Christ, that Jesus came, that He gave His life so that we could be joined into the body of Christ, the church, 
and have His life. In Him we have life. We talked about not being slaves, we're His friends. And not only His friends, but He calls us His family and even His body. The Bible talks about Jesus being the head of His church, His body, and we're His hands and feet here on this earth. So, who's in grade two at school? Anyone in grade two? Thank Darcy, yep, teach some grade two kids at swimming. Um, every, part, every member of His body is a different part. You might be five years old, you might be 15 years old. Every person who knows Jesus as their Saviour, who trusts in God's Word as true, that He is the God who reigns in heaven and earth. If we know Jesus as our Saviour, every one of us is a part of His body and we have a different function from every other person in the body. And you're important to the body of Christ. And we looked a little bit last time at Romans chapter 12, looking at what does it look like to be the body of Christ. I want to look a little bit more at just a different part of Romans chapter 12 this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 4. Your Bibles opening up there. I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church so you can open up your own copy of God's Word and, and read along as we, as we look at it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4 says this, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. In other words, let's not be bragging. Let's not be saying how good we are. Let's let, let other people say how good you are. And let's just be focusing on God, doing what God's called us to do. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. And he goes on in verse 6. He says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. There's all kinds of different gifts we have, and we've all got different gifts and all good at doing different things. If you're a kid at school, be a, the best kid at school you can be. If you're a son or you're a daughter, be the best son or daughter that you can be. It's a, a gift to be those things. If you're a teacher, teach well. If you, We have physical, physical gifts, we have physical gifts, we have spiritual gifts, we have natural gifts. In other words, do what you do and do it well for the glory of God. Not for your own praise, but for His praise. We're all different, and it's beautiful. Every member of God's body is different. Every person has different gifts. Every person has different strengths. And it's beautiful as the body of Christ works together, just like all those cogs. We're, we're not cogs, but we all are designed to fit together and flow together and move and, and help the body live as God wants it to live. Everyone's different. Look, turn to the person beside you and say, You're awesome. Say it like you mean it to the person on the other side as well. The body of Christ. You can expand on that awesome statement later on maybe. Um, we're all different and it's beautiful. 
It's, it's really beautiful. Look around, there is no one in the room the same as you. And isn't it wonderful? I mean, it would be great if it was two of you. You're, you're wonderful. But we're all different, and it's beautiful. But, <laughs> don't you hate it with the but? But it's very difficult at times too. Let's be honest. Does anyone ever remember a time, maybe as you were a kid growing up, uh, I'm sure as parents this never happens in your house, but maybe at times in your house, there's times when you don't get along perfectly. Has anyone ever had that happen? Has anyone ever, ever had a slight disagreement with someone? Maybe that, that kid in grade two that just wouldn't stop annoying you. Why is it so hard to get along? Because we're all different. We're all unique. We have different st- strengths, different gifts, th- different things we're passionate about. Some people will be cheering, go cats next Saturday. And some people will be cheering, go doggies. And I'll be going, I don't care. Isn't it just fun to hang out? <laughs> but life is difficult at times. Our relationships are difficult at times. It's beautiful being different. There's wonderful different aspects of being different and the different gifts that we have. But let's be honest, it makes things difficult sometimes. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, uh, in chapter 2 verse 5, he says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians talks as well about us being living stones, being built together as a temple for God's glory. We're we're like living stones being joined together. Has anyone seen that stone wall being built on the entrance to Colac as you come through the highway there, the the new overpass part where they're building up that stone wall? It's taken forever. (laughs) Seriously, every time I go past, I'm like, man going to be a couple of years before they finish this. Now, uh, they're doing a wonderful job. And if there's anyone here today and you're part of helping build that wall, you're doing a great job. Um, (laughs) But let's be honest, I'm sure every stone is being placed with the utmost care and attention. And I mean, if you drive around this district, you've seen the the stone walls throughout the the area. Those walls have been placed carefully. and, And at times, I think there's been people come and replace some of them. And I've heard they haven't done them in anywhere near as well as those original craftsmen did. It's difficult to join together stones and make a strong and sturdy wall. And we are like like living stones being joined together, fitted together as the body of Christ to, to be for God's glory. Now, I thought this morning, I want to illustrate this a little bit further. So I'm going to ask if we've got, if we've got some yellow group kids church guys. We might need a few more to help actually because there's a few away. Um, can I get some volunteers to, to just go out to the yellow kids' church room? And I've got a little pile of things in there that I need you to guys to grab for me. Um, we'll probably, yeah, maybe a couple more helpers. We've got a few more things out there than that. <laughs> we're all like living stones. And, and we could also maybe say we're all like, um, like um, cardboard boxes. And cardboard boxes come in all different shapes and sizes. And I want you guys to, st- to stay up here if you're happy to volunteer. You've just volunteered yourself. Um, oh, there's, but wait, there's more. And we're all different shapes and sizes. And to be honest, let's, let's be honest, we're all a little bit broken, aren't we? We're all a little bit, uh, well, we all have our, our, our rough edges at times. You know, when you wake up too early or maybe someone kept you awake at night. And uh, we're all a little bit odd in shape and size. And uh, awesome. 
We found lots of boxes in the end, honey. That was good. <laughs> I was worried we wouldn't have enough. So I'm going to ask you guys, you can stay up here. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to give you one minute. I want you to try and build the best cardboard box, temple to the glory of God, building tower thing. One minute. And maybe just come over this way a little bit. Go. One minute. Here we go. Let's see what they can do. Let's see how good a builders we've got here. Uh, not nice and big guys, trying big, big and tall. And this could be interesting. <laughs> let's go up. Let's go up, guys. Another another twenty seconds. The biggest. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> Biggest tower you can. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, five, four, three. Just I should have thought about OHS there. Two, one, zero, and freeze. Uh, give him a clap. That's pretty good. That's a good effort. In fact, I, I, I'm going to take a photo. Oh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Three, two, one. And smile, Joseph. There we are. There we go. There we are. Beautiful. Good job. <laughs> Whoop. There we are. And now just, uh, we might just uh, leave them at the back of the stage. That's, thanks, guys. You can take a seat. Let's give them another hand as they sit down. You want your drum kit box. Okay. <laughs> so just as you're sitting down, guys, thanks. Just leave them there, Sally. That's fine. Um, do you think it would have been easier if they had have had all boxes like this big blue one? Would have been would have been easy if they were all the same size, all nice and big and square. Yeah, you, you want your box? Here you go. go down you go. <laughs> I think it would be a lot easier to build a cardboard tower box uh, tower if they were all the same shape and size boxes, wouldn't they? And at times we can think, "Wow, it would be so much easier if everyone was just like me." And have you ever thought about how the fact that it seems like everyone's really hard and difficult to fit together? It's all because other people are out of shape. Did everyone put your finger up at the sky and then do this? Just, just sort of tilt it down and then turn it, turn it back and put it there and say, this person is a little wacky in shape. Because we are all different and a little bit wacky, aren't we? Really, if we're honest. We're all a little bit odd-shaped. We all have gifts and talents and things. and We're all passionate about different things. And it's great and it's beautiful but it can be really difficult because we're all passionate about different things. Ephesians talks about the different gifts in the body, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher. And, and sadly, in some churches throughout history, they've said teaching is the number one thing. It's all about teaching. It's all about teaching. It's all about teaching. And sadly, the other gifts have been ignored. And in other places, the, the prophet's been recognized and there's all about prophecy. It's all about prophecy. It's all about prophecy. And the other gifts are ignored. But God's body is designed to, to flow in unity, to work together as different gifts, as different parts of His body with different shapes and, 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 and passions. And the body of Christ it, it works best as we all live and move in our own strengths, in our own way, in love, together, in harmony. It's beautiful. 
We're all different. It's beautiful, but it's challenging. The next time you start to get a little bit irritated with someone, just say, isn't it beautiful? Just think of those cardboard boxes being stacked together. And we're being molded, we're being shaped by God, but it's, it is a challenge at times. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 to 18 says this. Paul writes, he says, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called to, by God to be His own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as He did for all people everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And he says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now, I just want to let you into a little secret if you didn't know this already, but when Paul writes a letter... And he starts off the letter, if he says at the beginning, may God give you mercy and forgiveness and grace, you know the rest of the letter, he's about to talk about why you need some mercy and forgiveness and grace. And uh, it's a little bit of an inkling as to where he's going in his letter. And here he says, may God and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And you know why? Because we need it with one another. And he goes on in verse 4, he says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual blessing, every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it says, you have every spiritual gift you need. But I actually don't believe it's saying that you, individually, on your own, have every spiritual gift you need. Ephesians talks about how God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But I don't believe it's saying that you, on your own, as an individual, have everything you need. It's saying, uh, you, as the body of Christ, have everything you need. You have every spiritual gift you need as you belong to the body of Christ. Ephesians says you have every spiritual gift, every spiritual blessing through Christ and in Christ. It's not on your own. You know, in the, in the Garden of Eden when God made Adam, God said it is not good for man to be alone. And it is not good for us to be alone. We need each other as hard as it is to be built together and as much as we might irritate each other at times, we need one another. Because as we join together, as we accept one another in love and listen to one another, that person that might irritate you is part of God's gift to you. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it beautiful? Maybe it's just part of God's process of refining you a little bit more and just helping you to be a little bit more gracious, a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more patient. And he goes on in verse 8. He says, He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for He is faithful to do what He says. You've got the ticket, the pizza's coming. He's faithful to do what He says, and He's invited you into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. 
You know, what does it mean to have harmony? Does it mean you're all singing the same song? I would say probably yes. <laughs> but if you're having harmony, it's not about all singing the same note. Now, I'm not a singer in the band, but um, I know a little bit about harmony. And to, to have harmony, it's to have, to have people singing the same song, in, in, in singing different notes, but notes that tie together and mesh together and sound beautiful together. And we want to be a church in harmony, not all singing the same note at times. We're all called to do different things, have different strengths, but we want to be singing in harmony in ways that, uh, that, that complement each other and, and work together and tie together for the glory of God. We want to be a church in, in harmony and being a one mind, united in thought and purpose. And he goes on in verse 11, For some members of Chloe's household ha have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I only follow Christ. Good on you. As you can see, they're starting to get a bit divided. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the, in the name of Paul? Of course not. He's saying, guys, sure, there's different teachers, but we're all following Christ together. Let's work together for the glory of God. And he goes on to say about how I didn't baptize any of you. He's like, oh, hang on, except for this guy and that guy and the other guy. I forgot about him, yeah. Um, I've been preaching the gospel. And it goes on to verse 18, and he says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The cross is the power of God. It's through Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness and salvation. God has called us as His body, as His church, to live in harmony with each other. In Him we have been made holy. It's not by doing great things that we're made holy. It's in Him that we are made holy. In Him we have all that we need. He's called us to be of one mind, united with no divisions, We've been baptized into one body. If you've been baptized in water, you've, been, you've publicly demonstrated that you have buried the old life. You're no longer living for yourself, but you're living for the glory of God. That you're, you're, you're living as a member of His church, His body on this earth, and we're living for His glory. And the cross is the power of God. It's, it's as we look at Jesus' love for us, His forgiveness for us, that we can have forgiveness and love for one another and live in that harmony. And I want to just pause just for a moment. I'm going to share just a couple more things a little bit later, but we're going to stop and we're going to sing a couple of songs declaring that we aren't going to live for ourselves. We're going to live in harmony as a church. We want to live and, and, and be one unified church as the body of Christ that He's called us to be. We're going to sing this song, Raise a Hallelujah. Praise God. Let, let pr God be praised. Hallelujah. That's what it means. Let God be praised. Praise be to, to Yahweh. We're going to raise a hallelujah. We're going to declare that we are choosing to live for the glory of God, that we're going to choose to be united as His body. And kids, adults, I want us to think about these words as we sing them and really say, God, help us to do this. Help us to raise a hallelujah. Help us to sing for your praise. Help us to live for your praise, Lord God. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to stop and we're going to sing for a moment. And let us declare this. Let's let this be a prayer this morning, even as we sing, sing it too. And the band amongst the cardboard boxes, 
They're going to lead us. Thanks, guys. God, we just thank you that, Lord Jesus, we don't have to stay separated and cut off from you, Lord, but Lord, through Jesus' sacrifice for us that we have new life and we have hope in you as your body. We just give you thanks in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I'm just thinking of Psalm 103 as we're singing. I just had this verse come to my mind. I want to read it from Psalm 133, verse 1. It says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. There, in that place of harmony and unity with Christ and his body, there is such a blessing. There is a wonderful blessing for us. Thank you, Lord. It's beautiful when we get along. It's beautiful when we appreciate each other. It's beautiful. It's wonderful when the body of Christ functions as He desires us to be. But my next point is, so what stops us living in unity? We want to do it. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. So what stops us? What holds us back from from being that body of Christ that God desires us to be. And there you go, Nathaniel, there was another point coming. Some of the kids were getting worried the next blank wasn't going to be filled in. What stops us living in unity with one another? I was reading a book by Barry Chant recently, and he was talking about this very point. I'm just going to use his two points he used very simply this morning. But first, I want to read this verse from Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know, whenever I hear that word vain, I think of that old song. I don't know how old it is. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. <laughs> so I should have practiced that. <laughs> you know, we can think the world is all about me. The world is all about us. The world revolves around us. And we're that perfect shaped box, that perfect stone that everyone else just doesn't quite fit in with properly. We can actually get into a place of thinking like that. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. It doesn't mean don't look after yourself. It doesn't mean hate yourself. It just means, well, probably I think if we aim to value others above ourselves, we might actually reach what God desires for us that we would love and care and support and serve one another in love, not for what we can get out of it, not out of our own vain conceit, thinking the world's about us and we're going to do it because then my life will be better and the world will be better, but simply to love and serve one another out of love. The New Living Translation puts it this way, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. God help us, to do those things. So what is it that stops us living in harmony, in unity with one another? I want to say two things, pride and fear. These are the two points Barry Chant made, and I, I think they're a good summary. Pride and fear are two of the biggest things that stop us living in unity and harmony as the body of Christ. Pride. 
I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm all right. I just can do this by myself. I can do that. I don't need anyone. My, my life's a little bit uh, confusing right now. You wouldn't understand my life, my world. I, I, I can do this. I'm all right. I don't need that. You, you, you need that. You, you need to do those things. I'm all right. I don't need to do it. I'm good. I'm all right by myself. Let's not allow our pride to stop us having a little fun. <laughs> Let's not allow our pride to stop us valuing and, and, and keeping the unity of the body strong. We can, we can not value the, the whole body and we do things for ourselves that actually divides the body. And it's so sad. And you know, the other thing, fear... It's so often a barrier to us living in relationship and unity that God desires for us. What if, what if they don't like what I say? What if they don't accept me? But if they said this, how can I do that? And how can they love me? Or why, why would they accept me if this is how it is? You know, we can have a fear of rejection that actually makes us put walls up between each other. We can have offences that happen when people do things and we can be afraid to confront that person about that thing and try and resolve the issue because it just seems too big. Let's not let our pride or our fear stop us from working through those challenges and living for the glory of God. Amen? It's a challenge. It's difficult at times, but it is so beautiful when we live the way that God desires for us to live. It's not an easy life, but it's the best life that we can have to live and follow God's command. I can't remember what the next slide is. I'll just have a look. <laughs> we all belong to one another. We're all very different, but we need one another. We're all different. We struggle sometimes with the differences we have, but we need each other. Let's not let pride and fear stop those things. You know, Peter, Peter struggled at times to, to value all different parts of the body. We see in Galatians how uh, Paul confronts him and he, he wouldn't eat with the, the Gentiles for a time. And Paul confronts him about it and says, no, what are you doing? But then we read another passage in Acts chapter 10. Yes, that is my next one. Verse 34, it says, Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation, or you could say anyone, uh, from every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. God doesn't show favoritism. It's not because of your goodness. It's not because of your gifting, the way you're wired and how wonderful you are that you have any salvation. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's knowing that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin that we are saved and joined into His body. And every other member of His body is the same and we can't point the finger and say, well, you've got to fix this up, you've got to fix that up. We are all accepted by faith in Jesus Christ. As we repent from sin and turn to Him and follow Him, we're accepted and joined into the body. We all belong to one another. You know, it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. 
I want to live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He first loved us. You know, it's in God that our love grows perfect. It's as we continually come back to the cross and we see what Jesus has done for us and we remember His mercy and His grace for us, that we are softened, we are changed, and we are more passionate, probably passionate too, compassionate and kind and merciful to those around us also. His perfect love expels all fear. And we love because He first loved us. Let's never forget that. It's nothing we did to earn His forgiveness. It's he, we love because He first loved us. John chapter 13, verse 35, says this. It's the last verse I want to read this morning. It says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, it's challenging to live as a body of Christ. It's difficult, it's uncomfortable at times to not be prideful and selfish, to even live within the comfort of our fears and just doing the things that are comfortable and nice and not too hard. But it's by our love for one another that the world will know that we are His disciples. I read through the book of Acts and I see the church sharing everything they had, they coming together in unity and preaching the Word of God and, and encouraging one another. And it says the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. As we live the way God has designed and, and purpose for us to live as His body, people will see God's love in us and say, what is going on with you people? We want to know that love that you guys have for one another. We want to be part of a family that cares and loves one another as you guys do. That's my desire for us as a church, that we would be more and more and more like that. It's a continual challenge for us. We're going to offend each other. We're going to stumble at times. I do want to just say too that at times there are people who claim Christ as their saviour, but actually the Christ that they cling to is not the Christ of the Bible. There are times when people say that they love God and claim to be followers of Christ when actually the Christ that they follow is not a biblical Christ. When people's teachings about God are, are not the Word of God, then they're worshipping a different God. They're worshipping a different Saviour. And we're still called to speak in the truth in love to those people. And it says in Galatians to, to gently bring encouragement and try and bring correction to those who go astray. But there are times when we need to recognise that people are of a different body. And we're not the ones to... to judge their eternity, but we can do all we can to try and help them see the truth of who the, the, the Bible says Jesus is. Just understand the, 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 the reality of Scripture and what the Bible says about who God is and what He is like. So whether they're on the right track or not on the right track, let's let the love of God compel us in all that we do that we would look to the love of God, that we would see Jesus sacrifice for us and be transformed day by day by day. As you go to school in the morning, we prayed on the way to school just about every day, say, God, help us to live for you this morning. Help us live for you today. God, help us to be kind to people this morning, today. 
even if they're not kind to us. Help us to be joined and fitted together, even though it's difficult. And let's keep working at it as his church. We're going to have communion together this morning. I'm going to ask the stewards if they'd come and hand out communion to us.